Hello, this is Michael Zuber, and I wanted to thank you for choosing to spend a little time with One Rental at a Time. My life's mission is to help investors close 1 million rental properties. In order to tackle this crazy goal, I will need your help. If you like this episode or any of the content we produce, please share it on social media. If you get one of my books or perhaps one of our 500 cards, please take a selfie and tag One Rental at a Time. Now on with the show. Folks, we are back with the one and only Mr. Jonathan Twomley. And let me just say this. I appreciate that Jonathan and frankly, all of the millionaires that come back each week are even willing to do this when they are traveling. You will see that Jonathan is not in his normal setup. He is sitting in a hotel room doing this. So Jonathan, I appreciate it. I'm sure the audience does as well. Thank you so much. Yeah, well, listen, I mean, it was our first show back after a month. I didn't want to miss it. And uh for, you know, I'm actually in the same time zone as you, which is Yay! the first. So. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Well, hey, uh, I think it's time uh, we talk about what the real deal, right? The real deal is a, yeah. uh, a magazine, a publication that really focuses on what I'll call commercial real estate, uh, real estate brokerages. It's it's where the big players get reported. And the last month or so, really the last eight months or eight weeks or so, call it two months, it has been a consistent drumbeat of syndication pain. Just and they're naming names, they're naming yeah. groups, they're naming people, uh, they're naming deals. It it is it's becoming a bloodbath. I think. Not only are they naming people, but they're making funny little cartoons of them, which I think is like really the yeah, just, almost like the worst part of it. Like you know, <laughs> people are, people are getting into the real deal for the wrong reason, and you know, a lot of these a lot of these folks are people that I've known for years. You know who like started around the same time as me or even later than me grew much faster than me and had me always scratching my head because I was like, you know, they, they keep on telling me they're finding all these great deals and I can't find anything that pencils out. Like, am I the idiot? But it turns out that, you know, people were just overly aggressive, you know, not, not uh, considering the downside. And now that, uh, you know, so here's what happened with a lot of syndication. So a lot of syndicators are really, basically marketers, right? Yeah. They, they're some of exactly. them, exactly. some of them have some, some real estate chops from some other business like construction or something. But for the most part, most of these syndicators are people who were like in tech or they were, uh, you know, in marketing or, you know, God knows what. And they came into the market at a time when there was, there was just easy access to capital and you had people who, you know, lots of LPs who wanted to invest. There were people, high net worth people who wanted to put their names on deals and sign, you know, their their balance sheet to deals because they thought this was a risk-free proposition, just free money. The, the banks were throwing money at everything. And it just was super easy for people with no real experience to come out and do big deals. You know, we're talking yeah. $50, $100 million deals. And they put together teams of like 20 capital raisers. And, you know, there's a whole bunch of like SEC issues around that. But, you know, everybody kind of the good times were good and everybody was making money and everybody looked good because the market was so hot that typically what people were doing was buying a deal, renovating a few units and turning around and saying, this is a proven value add. Look, we got these big rent bumps for this renovation. Now, now it's your turn, except, you know, by the way, pay us the value, the post-renovation value of the property and then go do the renovation yourself, yeah. right? So yeah. that's kind of how 
the definition of value add change. Essentially what happened was people set themselves up with these deals, cap rates got so low, that people set them up in a situation where really if, you know, we called it being priced to perfection, these deals, meaning that if anything went wrong, then these deals were gonna be in serious trouble, but nobody really wanted to think about that possibility. And if you ever mentioned it, you got a whole bunch of abuse and were mm -hmm. told that you were, didn't know what you're talking about. So, so what, what we saw then over the last few months is really a, a triple whammy, right? So any one of these things would have knocked over the apple cart and instead we got all three. So what did we get? We got um, in, the, in the hottest markets, we got a massive amount of new supply, which was entirely predictable. This happens in every cycle. All the hot markets, that's where all the lenders feel comfortable lending. It's easy to get money to build there. So everybody builds there, right? And then you add, then with some of these places like Florida and Texas, where you layer in this like massive population growth, it made everybody feel like, oh, well, this is obviously a slam dunk. You can't lose proposition. So everybody piles in. So what happens? Oversupply. So on that basis alone, a lot of these deals would have been in trouble because you've got some of these hot markets where vacancy is now like, scraping up against 10% market wide, yeah. yeah. right? And all these deals were underwritten to a 5% vacancy. Now you're looking at 10% and it's not just 10% vacancy. When 10%, when you got 10% vacancy, you're giving away a lot of concessions. So that's, so your economic vacancy is growing too. So mm -hmm. on that basis alone, a lot of deals would have gotten into trouble. Now, if you're really well capitalized, you can, you've got money to put into the deal. You can probably ride it out. You'd be fine in the long run when, when absorption you know, picks up again in a couple of years. But you also, at the same time, so that's one factor. At the same time, you had in some of these states, especially Texas and Florida, massive, unpredicted uh, rises in, in insurance, right? So and taxes, yeah. Well, and taxes, yes. Yeah, so I was going to actually say that as well, but insurance and then property taxes, right? So those expenses just went through the roof, right? And there, so you've got, now you've got an oversupply. So you've got less income coming in, you got more expense going out. And then as you and I have talked many, many times, the, the key to staying out of trouble with the banks with multifamily real estate is your debt service coverage ratio. You have to maintain a debt service coverage ratio of 1.25X yeah. to, to stay out of trouble. Now, things got so heated that, banks at the get-go were lending on deals that were at 1.25x at the time that they were purchased on the promise mm -hmm. that, well, they're going to do a value add and it's going to get better, or there's so much rent growth, we're just going to grow out of this issue and we'll all be fine. However, look what happened when you've got either A, expenses rising or revenue decreasing, and look what happened, you got both. Mm -hmm. And then- on top of that, as you and I discussed many times, you know, everybody was doing these deals with variable rate debt, floating rate debt, because they were trying to squeeze a couple of extra points of return mm -hmm. out to make the deal make sense. They could get a little better pricing on those deals to make the deal make sense. And nobody thought interest rates would go up. Some people were prudent and bought rate caps. Some people didn't, which is unbelievable. But even the people who bought rate caps 
now are doing capital calls just to cover the next rate cap payment because those rate cap, you know, people were buying rate caps for thirty, you know, thirty thousand dollars in twenty twenty. Now they cost a million dollars, right, for yep. the same rate cap, and so, and you're not meeting your DSCR requirement either because the interest rate has gone up. So a lot of these deals are now just completely in trouble, right? And any one of those things would have any one of those things would have created a problem, but you've got all three. So, well, don't there's the who, there's the fourth one, you know, that you and I've talked about a bunch is as the risk-free rate of return has gone from nothing to 5%, the cap rates had to go up. And that is yes. just the killer. When you take all of those inputs and then you slap a higher cap rate on it, yeah. You know, we we can do, do you remember I think this was 18 months ago. You and I off the cuff built a spreadsheet where we yes. took a 100 million dollar building and we turned it into like 37 million with just yep. some small tweaks to all three of these. That's really happening right now. Yeah. We are seeing yeah. buildings that were worth 100 go for sub 40 just yeah. like we talked about. And and the thing is it's you know, it's funny because the if you look at some of the indices that track deals, they're they're saying, well, prices have fallen anywhere from 13 to 25%. However, if you look at individual deals that are trade, but the market is really thin because not much is trading. Yeah, no right transactions. Now. And then and then a lot of stuff is happening off what is trading, a lot of it's happening off market, and there are like these workouts going on. When you look at individual deals, you're seeing way, way bigger discounts oh, yeah. than, thir than 13 to 20%. Those are only the things that are really trading at the moment, right? But the stuff that is the overhang that we're seeing right now on individual deals is much, much larger. So, um, you know, you're looking at 30 to 40 to 50% oh, discounts it, if you bought yeah. at the peak, right? So, yeah. uh, and, and, then, and then, so just on the last sort of comment on this, a lot of these high-flying syndicators were especially exposed to deals bought at the peak right so they you know the, the 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 people that have been in business for 10 years and have been buying deals all along and have you know a big chunk of their portfolio still in deals that were purchased in you know 2014 15 16 17 you know they'll they'll ride these things out but the people who came into well, the market. Well, one, one sec. I, they'll ride them out if they didn't refine pull equity out. That's, well, that's the other true. thing. Yes. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Cause a lot of them, a lot of them went back to the well. They thought they had all this money. They pulled the capital out. So if you did a refi in 20 or 20, 2021, even if you bought in 12, you could still be shit yeah. out of luck. And listen, so this is just not to make it. Let me finish up this point and yep. then I'll go. Then I'll make the second. So, so, um, so a lot of these newer groups that really came out of nowhere, right? Um, and I noticed some of these these folks, like you know, twenty around twenty nineteen or so, every conference these people would have a booth, right? And they'd be yeah. like, and giving yeah. away all kinds of free swag and all this sort of stuff. Yeah. And so these people came out of nowhere. I don't know where they got their their backing from to do all of these, uh, you know, to, to do all this marketing, but they were. Their entire their entire portfolio was, was essentially assembled at the top, and when interest rates went as low as they did in like 2021, they all went all in and just bought as much as they possibly could, and well, it was I, all I, the floating I, rate debt. I told you about my experience in 2018, right? I I went to a San Jose meetup where I was the featured speaker, 
There's probably 150, 200 people in the room. I do those because I want to give back, but more importantly, I want to see what the audience wants. And yeah. everybody seemingly, let's call it 50%, probably more, were brand new syndicators. Never done a deal. They were in tech, so they and their couple of buddies had some money from options or stock. And I left that meeting, and I, I sold. I sold a couple yeah. of apartment buildings. I'm like, this is going to get bananas. Little did I know we'd have you know, the pandemic, but it's there's a lot. Of, where do you think we are in the pain cycle? Because it's now, you and I saw it coming early. We have receipts. It's now hitting publications, which means it's get, becoming more public, but it still feels like the uh, iceberg, right? There's there's a lot more pain below, yeah. but uh, what do you think? I, I think we're still pretty early in this. Oh, and, yeah. and, and, and the reason that, you know, we, we just haven't seen like the, the, the wave of foreclosures that we, that we know is coming, right? Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, we're starting to see it, but we're still in that part of this cycle where those folks who are getting named in like real deal are pushing back saying it's not true. Like they're, yeah. they're, they're, in, they're, they're like they're bank heavy, CEOs like, in 08. We're well capitalized. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're, they're like in heavy, like damage control and spin and PR mode. I frankly, I see some of them still doing deals. Oh my and, gosh. Yeah. Wow. And I mean, look, maybe the deals that they're doing are better now because it's fixed rate. I, 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 they're doing fixed rate I would hope so. debt and they're, you know, maybe their, their underwriting is more realistic because they've learned their lesson. But I mean, the, I, I can't imagine. I, everybody I don't know. I'm talking I, 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 I got to, I'll push back on that. These people are deal machines. They are paid to do deals. Yes. That's yeah. the problem, right? Uh, you and I talked about this six months ago. I said, financial engineers are going to yeah. hurt people. The good operators, the folks that you built a business operating, they're going to get through this because they've seen they've seen the bad days. But all of yeah. these fly-by-night momentum players who can play with Excel spreadsheets and razzle-dazzle on social media, they're not doing great deals today. They're 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 trying to survive and skate by on fees so they can probably rob Peter to pay Paul and that's illegal. Yeah. Right? They're going to go well, to jail for that stuff. I mean, I I, I think if they generate big fees that they're entitled to take, and then they turn around and they put those fees into other deals, they can do that. It's their own money, but you know, right. they, they can't, they can't they take can't, kitties. They can't, but they have, and we've seen this happening though, right? We've, a couple of these high profile oh, folks yeah. have actually done the, the bad deed of like taking the money out of one deal and putting it into another to try to save it. That is illegal. And that's like, you're talking about, you know, jail time and massive like fiduciary duty, fiduciary duty litigation against you. But yeah, so this is this is um, gonna end badly. It's now I forget what that for a while. Yeah, now I forget what that other point I was gonna make was. Um, that's why I always have to follow my tangents and come back rather than finish my point and go back to the tangent because I always forget what the tangent was gonna be. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we'll, so at we'll the at the end of the day for this video, like if you want to stay attuned, I think the real deal is doing an amazing job. They have clearly smelled blood in the water. Uh, they are almost daily now putting out articles. Uh, I follow the real deal on Instagram. That's where I check out which articles I want to read. And I, I drill in from their profile. Um, Jonathan, where can people find you? Yeah, absolutely. So please uh, come to two bridges asset management, just Google us. And if you're interested in investing with us, fill out the, uh, the investor form you find there. You can also follow me uh, on LinkedIn and you can follow me um, in my Facebook group, which is apartment investors club on Facebook. Awesome. Thank you, Jonathan.